Darling, we've had one hell of a time But the question on everybody's mind Where is the Hello and welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker, and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Joshua Williamson. We hope you enjoy. Shifting gears a little, you also have a new book out on shelves at stores, which is the wonderful Dark Ride. And we don't have too much time yeah. left, but I wanted to talk on, about that a little because I, re- I really like the book and I, I sort of wanted to hear... Um, I mean, first of all, I guess you should just explain what Dark Ride is. Uh, so Dark Ride is, uh, what if uh, Walt Disney sold his soul to the devil to make Disneyland? Um, that, <laughs> that, that's essentially the high pitch of it. Don't tell anybody that's really what it's really about. Uh, I don't want to get sued. Um, it, it's a place for me to, to do a story about my obsession with amusement parks yeah. and then time that, you know, put that with horror. Um, but like the first issue is about this kid who uh, he loves horror he loves this amusement park it's called Devil Land and he goes there to the amusement park and while he's there he starts to uncover that there's fucked up stuff and there's some twists and turns and we have the family um, that runs the park and there's very much like a lot of tension and conflict between the family on who's actually going to run the park mm-hmm. uh, I have this brother and sister uh, named Sam and Halloween and, and they're competing with each other to who's going to get control of the park eventually if their father ever dies uh, but what they don't know is their dad made this deal with the devil and all these like fucked up things happen because of that deal oh. that's not what it's about but it's really just a place for me to mess around with my obsession with amusement parks my next question was going to be in some ways this seems like it hits like a lot of your interests very deeply in like, <laughs> yeah. horror and amusement parks well we don't have to talk yeah. about that um, it does though. You know, I'm obsessed with it. We've talked about this. Yeah, like I, I mean, the, yeah, the thing, I, I think the about amusement parks every single day. I know. So. The thing that's the thing that struck me reading it, I was like, man, it like it. You know, I always have this thing when people show art in in other art when when like yeah. in a in a story like someone has to read a poem and you and you're always like. Yeah. You know, you watch a movie where someone has to read a poem they wrote, and you're like, that poem kind of sucks, and everyone's crying, or like, they're or like you know, stand up comedy. Yeah, stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, not funny. And then, like, you know, yeah. the band writes the song. And I always think about, like, you know, the one that always sticks out to me is like the the opera and the fifth element, where I'm like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to think that was good. Like, I don't <laughs> actually know what I'm supposed to feel about that, like, whether that's making fun of this. But I always think about, like, how hard it is to show art in art and be mm-hmm. like, this art mm-hmm. matters. Um, but reading Dark Ride, I was like, and it's a little different, but like, I was like, man, it seems like a really fucking fun amusement park. Like, it seems <laughs> like really cool, like, in a way that like, I mean, I, I like, I love Disney World and all that stuff. And like, mm-hmm. but there's so much stuff that's like, not for me, like, I don't care about mm-hmm. the teacups or riding on Dumbo or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the ghost of Dumbo just choked me to death. Is he dead? But you are fucking... <laughs> You're all in on so the character good. dinner, though. Well, it's the... It's the oh, oh, man, I've been to a character <laughs> breakfast before. I've been to a few of them, but anyway. My, my wife hates those character breakfasts. We went to one one time, and, and she doesn't like anyone in mascots. Like, she thinks yeah. mascots mm-hmm. are terrifying. Like, one time, she told me this story. She was... I forget what the whole context of it was, but, like, 
she was at her mom's house and she went outside and there was like a mascot. It wasn't even near Halloween. There was somebody dressed in a mascot costume just walking down the middle of the street. And I think that like traumatized her. So whenever yeah. she sees mascot, this is why in the book, it's this idea that I'm the mascots are also part of the scary thing. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. of that. Um, but uh, yeah, we went to one one time and it was, um, it was like the fancy one with the princesses. Mm-hmm. And it was like my wife and I and my daughter, it was her, her third birthday. But then we also had like two of my best friends, the two artists I talked about. Um, and it was insanely expensive. Like, holy shit, this is expensive. And I barely ate because this was, this was like little dainty, like princess food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, you know, we, I don't eat red meat or anything. So it's like if everything was like bacon and sausage for some reason, it was like a yeah. weird thing where I'm like, I can't even eat any of this. Can I just have a pancake? Um, but that experience was really interesting, like being a kind of a ghost in the room because it's like you have this booth where it's like three adult men. And then it's like on the other side is my wife and my daughter. And then it's a million uh, princesses. And then, but also like a ton of little girls. Uh, we were like, they did they obviously did not care about us. Like we were intangible, you know, they were very focused, but it was fun watching them. Uh, and those women are awesome. Like they're, they're um, like acting ability to be those princesses. Like, right. holy shit. Sometimes you're like, yo, they sound exactly like the cartoon. Like it is crazy in some mm. places, but uh my, my, my wife had a blast so and my wife and my daughter had a really good time we were just that's kind of like good. we should ever, not be here <laughs> do you ever talk to scott snyder about this stuff uh yeah dude because yeah. uh uh so after i wrote issue one actually issue one had, I, I think issue one was already drawn and i was gonna go in and do like my lettering draft i yeah. i called scott and i was like i need you to tell me all about your first day i yeah, need you to tell me about scott, scott worked at disney world your disney yeah. world he was buzz light here so, yeah. uh, but that I, I recently found out about this and I was floored oh, yeah. by yeah. that. Dude, I couldn't it's a whole, it. It's a, it was his rebellious stage. His rebellious stage was <laughs> in Disney World. That's true. I'm not making that up. Yeah. I'm not making a joke. He'll yeah. tell you. I know. I just, stage. I just like the idea of um, your time at Disney World as rebellious. Well, yeah. so he, he, so I called and asked him and I was like, how did it go? And he was like, well, he worked in trash first and then he worked his way up and then he got the job being Buzz Lightyear and the whole process. So that's why in issue one, the guy is like, oh, I want to move up. And he recognizes that moving up is becoming a mascot. That all yeah. came from talking mm-hmm. to God about it. That's I so have never crazy. worked in an amusement park before. No, uh, no I, I never, I, and what's interesting about Disney is I know that at Disney, you can work your way up from being like sanitation to being like an executive. That That is a real thing that can happen in the park and, and um you know but anyway yeah what do you want what do you want to talk about you want to talk about how crazy i am how much work i put into the map and stuff what you want (laughs) i was gonna talk about the map uh i i I could only read issue one this afternoon but i got to the end of it and i was like Mm -hmm. son of a bitch that's so good (laughs) and there's so many things on there too um how long did it take you to put that together i had all the names a long time ago like all the names and stuff like once i knew i was obsessed a lot of times the books that I end up working on are like, I'm obsessed with this thing over here and then this thing over here. And at some point they merge. That's almost all the mm-hmm. books I do have, have kind of come together. It's like, there were two books at one point and they became one. And so with mm-hmm. this one, I'd always been obsessed with doing something with an amusement park. And then I had this uh, idea for some horror stuff with the devil. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, I was eating breakfast on a Saturday morning. And then I'm like, Oh, this is the same idea. And then I ran to my office and I wrote the first nine, I wrote the first 11 pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like maybe four years ago I wrote the first 11 pages and those pages never changed I just knew it you know I was like boom mm-hmm. this is how it is where it's like the opening sequence 
uh, with the guy who the park and then that that two page spread of like and then here's the park like going from black and white to color yeah. like a very mm-hmm. Walt Disney kind of thing that was all from that like one morning I figured it out um, and so I had a notebook that was just dedicated to to that book and so I would just write down ideas for the, for the rides first and so I had all the rides first and all the different ideas for it and again because I'm already like obsessed with amusement parks like I could probably draw you a map of Disneyland without looking and I could probably look <laughs> oh, Disneyland you know um, and so I, I just know it really well and, and same thing with like uh, Knott's with like Knott's Ferry Farm and and, uh, and then Universal like if it's a California park like I, I've probably been there many times I know it pretty well um, so I started just writing stuff down of different ideas of what the park would be the challenge came in that Andre the artist um, he has never been in a music park in his life Mm-hmm. So I had to like gather as many videos and references to send him and he nailed it. Uh, yeah, you know, I think the, the overall like vibe of it when they're walking around the stuff in the background, like he really got it. So I, I sent him a yeah, ton really of stuff. Yeah. One of the rides I sent him to really get him to understand. Cause I, one thing I wanted mm-hmm. him to understand was that when you go on a ride, you don't just like walk up on it. Disney and, and most music parks, th- there's a whole experience before you get on the ride. Yeah. Uh, so I sent him like Mr. Toad's wild ride. It's sort of like the, a the reference. Best. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I sent him that as a reference. It's too bad you don't have it in, in Florida right. anymore. Uh, so yeah, they, you I know, am. yeah, they, uh, well, that's your park. So I mean, yeah, no, I know it is. I, they, where I went uh, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I used them as a reference for kind of a lot of it. Like this is, you know, how it is like the line and stuff. And then obviously I sent him videos for like Indiana Jones to be like, Hey, it's like a whole thing. And he gets to the ride. But, um, <laughs> What I like is that you made a, an entire theme park of really disturbing rides, and probably none of them are as traumatizing for a child as Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is in reality. <laughs> when you, when you get murdered by a train and go Dude. to hell. So uh, my daughter, my daughter who's sick, the other day we were we. So my son, this is how obsessed I am with amusement parks. Uh, my my son uh, sometimes around the day he'll see me and he'll come up to me and he'll go, "You want to watch rides?" He's only two. Like, you want to watch rides? And I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. So we'll go in the living room and I'll put on like a walkthrough of, of, of a ride, right? So mm-hmm. they know about a lot of these rides. My daughter's been on a few, but he's never left Oregon before. So he hasn't, you know, heavy reference. But every once in a while, he'll be like, I want to watch the Cars ride. So we'll watch, you know, the Radiator Springs Racers ride at, you know, Cars Land and stuff. And so we'll watch those. Um, the other day, I was like, oh, let's watch Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And so we watched Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And when we got to that part, my daughter was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is this? And I had to be like, well, honey, this is hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting conversation. Uh, I think my wife wasn't around. Uh, but I had to be like, so this is what hell is. And had to explain her like a little bit of hell without going, wow. too, going too deep into it. Uh, but it was uh, it was pretty fun. I'm gonna plug something here, not mine. Just yeah, you guys please. How obsessed I am with the music part. Um, I actually have. You guys have probably seen this. Uh, I have like Magic Candle Company. Do you know what this is? It's like no. they make candles that smell like the ride. So like, oh, wow. this one is haunted <laughs> and it smells like haunted mansion. Yeah. Uh, this one is called uh, Pirate Life. I met you can probably guess what that smells like. That's awesome. This yeah, one is for the bus ride. Yeah, this it smells like called, This is uh this is Terror, which is like the uh Hollywood Tower of Terror. This one is called Horror Nights and it's supposed to smell like not scary farm. Uh which mm. I can what's crazy is I'll tell you this. This does not smell like not scary fire, <laughs> but that's how that's how many times I went that I can tell you 
Like I could be like, that's not what it's supposed to be. In in my are any of them like, accurate? Are any of them yeah, true to? No. Yeah, okay. some smell right, you know. But this one, like, is because not not Scary Farm smells like the smell of like very pumped in like fog, you know, because mm-hmm. they pump in so much fog. That's really what you're smelling. This is like that. in my experience, a lot of the rides would smell like popcorn and barf, like little kid barf. <laughs> what? <laughs> what parks are you going to? I can't say that I'll get sued, but you, same yeah. thing you. a lot of kids barf. Let's like not let's not lie. A lot of kids barf. You, I have you I have never. Barf, I've so. only seen one person barf one time in a park, and it was at Disneyland Paris, and it was on the original Star Tours because I still have it. They don't oh, have the wow. new one. Star the Tours. One. It's not even that. Yeah, intense. they have the original one. <laughs> yeah, they have the original one. Yeah. Someone threw up on it, and it took us 15 minutes to find somebody who worked for Disneyland to be like, "Yo, someone just threw up on this ride." <laughs> like we couldn't find anybody. It was a weird. It was we were off season. It was a weird thing. I actually, I actually, my love uh, as an adult for for theme parks um, came from watching a kid barf, uh, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but I was online for I was there as a, as an adult, and I was online mm-hmm. and was kind of like, am I too old for this and whatever, and then uh, this kid barfed, and it was you know his parents were upset, and like immediately someone from Disney World comes out and like takes the parents and the kid away, and they're like, are you okay? And they take him off to go do something, and then. Mm-hmm a guy comes by and very discreetly puts sawdust down on it. And then a guy comes by from a different direction and like sweeps it up. And then another guy comes with this scented water in a backpack and sprays it. And the whole thing was like a minute and a half. And like a minute and a half later, like the sick kid is gone. The smell is gone. The experience is gone. The road is cleaner than it was before. And no one talked to each other. No one did anything. And I was like, this is such a like, (laughs) <laughs> nowhere on earth is there this much commitment to like creating an illusion for you like the the level of just like brutal efficiency to create an illusion uh it, i was like yeah just as like the 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 craft of that was really impressive to me and sort of staggering and a little terrifying in a fun way but that's well, what that's, that's disney's what whole that's the full slogan of disney world is it's the most magical brackets and efficient yeah. oh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful machine like i i love it like i mean i put this in the back of the book of issue one of like i want people to understand that this book is not about me trying to mock these places because yeah. I, I i find that machine to be fascinating you know it's like i i heard this story one time uh matthew very similar it was like this this um this family they had gotten a room at Disneyland and there were two beds and the other bed was supposed to be a kid's bed and they didn't have one. So they're like, ah, whatever with the kid in the bed, no big deal. And then the middle of the night, the kid rolled out of the bed, hit their head on the nightstand. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was bleeding and they called down and they had, you know, somebody come up immediately and they were like, and this is like the middle of the night, you know, you're talking like two or three in the morning and they brought the, so they came up and they were able to like have a EMT take care of the kid. And then they were like, Hey, um, let's, let's go take you into the park. So they literally took this mom and dad and, and their daughter and they took them into one of the shops. They like turned the shop on. And they're like, you can pick out one thing. It's yours. Hmm. And so she went, she got a stuffed animal. They're all happy, you know, and then they get back to the room and they're like, all right, have a good night. And they walk in their room and the room is totally different. It was the same room, but they had taken that bed out. They took the nightstand out. They had cleaned everything and they put a new bed in a new nightstand in, but they put the correct bed in and they did that. And it was like, so at one point you're like, what a touching story. They took them in to yeah. get a toy. But then they like, you know, that's some shit. Like completely changing the room out while they're gone. And it, it's like that stuff I find fascinating. Yeah, yeah like sure. the they control the smells. They control mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. They 
I, you know, if anything ever goes wrong, somebody's there like that. I, I find that stuff to be really interesting and fascinating. I mean, we, you know, with Marvel, like, I think the fact that, like, the day the Marvel shows premiere, so it's like the day that Moon Knight uh, premiered on Disney Plus, they had Moon Knight standing on top of the buildings in like Avengers Campus, right, yeah. and like running all the buildings. So that that day, and then when She Hulk, I remember thinking about this because I I heard about this a couple of times. So like when, you know, I think when uh, Multiverse of Madness came out, they would have like Scarlet Witch walking around in that costume like that day, like they time it, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When the when the She Hulk show started. I was like, oh, what are they going to do? Is there going to be someone dressed up as She-Hulk, like, walking around? And what they did was they had park benches with the She-Hulk for Hire signs on them the yeah. day it premiered. That kind of mm-hmm. coordination. I know it sounds, it sounds like, oh, that's easy. But it's like, yo, someone thought of that, and they're executing it. And that's, always, that's the part that gets difficult sometimes is, like, having a company that big with that many people where they're still able to execute things, pre- like, precise like that, right. that's mm-hmm. stuff that I find uh, really interesting. I put a lot of that into the book and try to find ways to still make it scary and still play with those tropes to be scary. Like when I was a kid, I was always afraid of somebody getting their hands cut off on space mountain. Like I was always like, do not. And there's a sign right before you make that right turn. That's like, keep your hands in to me. That didn't mean just do this. Like, obviously you shouldn't be doing this, but that meant this too, right? Like don't put your hands up. So you're on space mountain and people are like, put their hands up and you're like, they're going to lose their hands. Any minute I'm going to be covered in blood. Like like they're going to get their hands cut off and there's going to be blood all over me. Uh, And obviously that doesn't happen. But I've I've only done Space Mountain once and I was old enough that I understood logically that I wasn't going to be decapitated. But (laughs) fully thought I was going to be, like my brain was like, you're not going to be decapitated. But my body was like, but we probably are going to be decapitated. (laughs) You have that scene in issue two where they're like, oh, a guy decapitated on the ride. And I was like, yep, there it is. (laughs) That's what I lived thinking about was... uh, I don't think about Space Mountain that much, but when I do, I think about my own death. Yeah. I agree. I do stuff a lot. So I put all that in the book, and then it's also about, the book is also a little bit about being a workaholic and, and the idea sure. of like how much you're willing to give up for your, I say passion, but for basically work, right? Because it's like yeah. the, the dad, you know, Arthur, um, the fact that he was willing to sacrifice people to get this thing he wanted. Like he yeah. wanted to build scary rides, build a scary amusement park, you know, and then you have his son who is a workaholic and is also trying to like prove something to himself, but also prove something to his father. And it's the same idea for him now where it's like, well, how much is he willing to give up, you know, of him himself, of his humanity, of his life mm-hmm. for this, this thing, right. For basically work. Uh, so, it, you know, on multiple levels, it's about, you know, me having fun with the amusement park was also me talking about my own issues yeah. of being a workaholic, you know? Mm-hmm. I was sort of curious about that because there are like three sort of distinct story threads in the book. There's, you know, the dad and what the park is. And then there's the sibling rivalry of the two kids who are, you know, the heir parents to inheriting the park. And then you have this other story of the, the kid who comes to work there and, and where that goes. And I, I'm sort of wondering, like, I, I, it's all crafted together so well that it flows seamlessly and it's really impressive like writing trick, but I'm kind of wondering like, what was the story? I mean, you touched on this a little before, but like, what was the story that brought you in? It was the, the dad selling a soul for the park or did you want to do the sibling rivalry yeah. story or like going to this as a kid? Like which one of those is your sort of into the story? I mean, they're all a little bit of me, I guess. Uh-huh. Like I feel like all those are, it, they're all a little bit of me, but I would say the idea of it started off with the dad because part of it was 
you know, I love horror comics, but there was a moment where I was kind of struggling with the idea of like, okay, what's a horror comic now, right? And obviously we have a lot of friends that do a lot of horror comics and there are a lot of horror comics out there. And so I was like, I gotta do something different. What does that even look like now, right? Mm-hmm. And I was putting myself in the shoes of Arthur at one point of like, oh, well, if Arthur, if Arthur's already done these bad things and now he's struggling, I, I kind of felt a disconnect there at some point. And that's where the idea of Sam came in. So I think it went like, First, it was Arthur, then it was the kids, and then it was Owen, right? It was the, oh, like, I want to introduce a character that is actually enthusiastic about this place and is having a good yeah. time. Because, like, the siblings are kind of jaded. Like, they, right. they love it, but they love it for different reasons. They love the power of it. They like that they're celebrities, that they're, like, the prince and princess of Devil Land. Like, they, they like that aspect of it. Um, but I wanted somebody who was just like, I'm here to have fun. And that was, that's the Owen character, the kid that just kind of likes the park and loves horror. And, uh, but yeah, I'd started off with Arthur, like Arthur being the one that was like, he would do anything to get this thing he wanted, right? Like he wanted to, to, to prove to everybody that he could make a scary ride, you know, mm-hmm. and that was what people really wanted. That was the, the initial ideas all came around him. And then it slowly, yeah, started bridging down from there along the same and along the same lines like you you have a lot of sort of i mean it's a horror book but it's also this book about family it's all these other things and Mm -hmm. but there's all this sort of social commentary in it you're sort of commenting on like the commercialization of our entertainment you're commenting on on like just sort of corporate america and like you know you have the youtube stuff is in there and and you sort of touch on this like one, the social commentary that I think is really interesting. So you're not going to the stuff, not critically, but also like it sort of bumps up against satire in places where it's like, mm-hmm. abs- you're, you're sort of like, is this absurdist or is it not? Is this satirical or is it not? And I wonder like how much of doing a book like this, like you're trying to scare people, but also like you're kind of making fun of some of the stuff and, and like in a loving way and satirizing yeah. some of it and like how much... How much do you want people laughing? How much do you want people scared? And like, how do you find that balance? That's been one of the hardest uh, uh, parts of it. You know, like you said, a lot of us with love, like it just feels, <laughs> you know, all the satire stuff is, is mostly me just having fun. Like that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. It. And I think that stuff's real, you know, and that YouTube thing is real. Like there are people like right now, there's a guy on YouTube who goes to Disneyland every night. And all he does is walk around and record like the fireworks and Fantasmic. So, uh, and he streams it. He streams it every single night. So I know at nine o'clock, if I just want to like see what's going on at Disneyland, uh, I know where to go. And I can just watch this dude walk around the park. And um, I know there are people that record. There was a time during the pandemic, like I think at the end of the pandemic, there was a guy who was going to the park um, multiple times a week, maybe not every day, but he'd go to the park multiple times and he would just record. Um, the progress they were making and one of the big things was he would talk about the parking structure like they're building a new parking structure so he would just record the progress of the parking structure like multiple times a week and it was like in some ways my wife and i would be kind of like man it's so crazy this guy's just recording this and it was like yo we're watching it (laughs) like we're we're watching it all the time you know so like we're 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 very up to date on the parking structures Disneyland. um you know with with the humor stuff i i feel like my that actually goes all the way back to like me and how much my origins of like liking horror right like all the stuff that i really liked when i was younger were all like a little funny you know like very uh sam rammy you know you look at like evil dead you look at freddy i mean army of darkness you know like 
a lot of the stuff that I sort of like really started getting into horror, there was always like a little bit of tongue in cheekness to it. You know, yeah. there was always like a little humor. Uh, and I think that's really what, like, I didn't see Texas Chainsaw Massacre till, till much later. And yeah, the movie's hilarious, but you know, I didn't yeah. see that so much later. But it's like when I was watching stuff like, again, like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, and you watch those Freddy movies where it's like, because that, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is, is a really scary movie. It's a really well done scary movie, but it's still kind of funny in places, you know? Oh, like yeah. it's still like cool. And so that's where um, the, the very first, my, my first like really early experiences with horror were actually through Disney because Disney had this VHS tape. I actually just found it um, the other day. Uh, it's still the original one that I had when I was a kid. Um, they had this collection. It was a VHS tape, and it was a collection of like little, little kind of horror stories they would they had had done. But it was mm-hmm. also like snippets of other movies, right? So it's like Maleficent turning into the dragon. So it's just that sequence, right? And yeah. fighting the not the whole movie. It's just that part. Then it was like, yeah, it was like Mr. Toe going to hell, or it was like um, a little bit of Sleepy Hollow. It's not all Sleepy Hollow, but a little bit of Sleepy Hollow. Um, and it was all narrated by the. Uh, it was all narrated by the magic mirror uh-huh. and so much of my like storytelling stuff actually comes out of this because in that he even talks about like, Oh, a hero is only as good as their villain. That was the first place I ever heard that. Yeah. Um, so really as an early age, like a lot of my influences to horror are tied to Disney from, from mm-hmm. very early. Um, but also that's like a little humor, you know, cause all of a sudden they'd have like, Oh, here is this Donald duck short, uh, you know, with them fighting, a, well, not fighting, but there's like a witch and Donald Duck and the boys are working with a witch to get candy, you know, like, uh, or like Lonesome Ghosts. Uh, Lonesome Ghosts is a really early, it's a really early uh, Disney cartoon. Uh, mm-hmm. It's basically Ghostbusters. It's just, it's pretty much, you know, it's it's Mickey, Doll, and Goofy. And they have an ad in the paper where they fight ghosts and people call them and they, they come and they fight <laughs> ghosts. Um, so you kind of tie all this thing together, right? So it's like the Disney of it all, the horror of it all, and also the humor, like, I've always kind of, there's a line in there I think I have where it's like, oh, it's like horror and, and oh, I said horror and sex are kissing cousins. That's what it was. But it's not just that. It's like, I, I think that like horror and comedy always sort of go together. Sure. Um, you know, and, and sometimes like, obviously I'll watch something like Midsummer and I'm like, this movie is not funny at all. And, you know, but uh, I mean, it's a little funny. I think it's funny in places. <laughs> it's a little funny. It's a little funny when you start getting into it, you start thinking about it, like, I, I bet I would laugh. Or like when I saw Barbarian, like yeah. Barbarian is a great horror movie. Uh, definitely like a little funny, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. And so that's, I always think that like when you're doing horror and humor at the same time, and it's actually like, even with the editors of Skybound, there are times where I have to like remind them of that, you know, they're like, well, this part might be a little too, I don't know, people might laugh at this part when they're supposed to be scared. And I'm like, the fact that we don't know is, is the correct answer. Like yeah, some yeah. people might be scared and some people might laugh. And I'm like, that's what I want, you yeah. know? Um, definitely. Yeah, I like um, I when I was a kid. There's this movie. It's called Nothing But Trouble. Have you guys ever seen this movie oh, before? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's considered, it's considered like one of the worst movies ever made. I watched. There, there's this guy on YouTube. He has, it's called Praise of Shadows. I think, and he does these great like long mm. documentaries about different movies, different different pop culture stuff. And he did one a month ago about Nothing But Trouble, and he goes into this whole thing about how hated it was and how mm. much everyone thought it was this awful, awful movie. And then like 15 minutes in, he goes. But this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Huh. And he talks about this video was awesome. It's like 40 minutes long. At the ending, he talks about how much it really is like a satire that people didn't get. It goes out of his head. Sure. It's definitely a, a much weirder film than I think people people just think it's like a failure, but it's definitely doing a lot of really strange stuff. Oh. And Dan Aykroyd yeah. is terrifying in it. 
you have a dark crisis finale coming out probably by the time this episode is out it will be it'll be done you'll have finished it um i mean i'm done well technically you're already done (laughs) but the book will be out and in readers hands and we'll have experienced it Uh, this episode will be out sometime mid 2025 so you'll be wrapping up on superman um by the time yeah 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 um Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show uh, yeah. and and talking about amusement parks with us for a long time and uh, <laughs> your excellent book, Dark Ride, and your awesome Thanks. stuff on Substack and all the stuff we didn't get to. Um, I wrote a lot of questions. I'll just email them to you and we can discuss Damn. them later yeah. off air. We'll do a <laughs> drop, them the, drop them in the chat and I'll just answer them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming on the show. It, thanks, uh, Josh. It's always good to see Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this was really fun. Of course. And that brings us to the end of part two of our discussion with Joshua Williamson. Make sure to check out Dark Ride as well as everything else Josh is working on by visiting his Substack, Joshua Williamson's Super Scary Newsletter at joshuawilliamson.substack.com. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at Ashcan Press on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Where is the poison?